Blog Talk Radio.
and it just seems to me like the whole country's under a, a big pressure cooker, and somehow we gotta gotta relieve the steam, or it's just gonna blow. And you know, the only thing I could think to do was reach out to my friend, one of the coolest guys I know, who is always straight with me. I've always been straight with him, and maybe he and I, you and I together, we can, you know, figure out what's got the left so mad at the right and what's got the right so mad at the left and go from there. You know, okay. it may be just a small Band-Aid, but somewhere the healing's got to start. Sure. Okay. So what? What? Let, let let me start with asking you some things, and then we can go. But what do you think is the reason that there's so much clashing and hard feelings? And you know, you and I are roughly the same age. We've seen roughly the same thing in our lives, and I think we can agree that we've never seen it like this before. Um, what do you think the reason is? Why is it so volatile these days? Um, I think, I mean, this country is only 160 years off of its most brutal war, which was a race war. I don't care what anybody says about states' rights. Technically, objectively, that's what it started over, but it was a war to end oppression, which... Doesn't always happen. It's rare to find that in history, but that doesn't mean that the scars that that left still don't run deep and still don't hurt. You know, like my knees, man. It hurts when it rains, and I injured them twenty years ago. You are talking about you are talking about the Civil War. Yes, sir. Okay, just just want to make sure. I see. Yep. Yep. Yes, talking about the Civil War. And I've seen, you know, I, well, I was a history major at UConn, and I've studied the American Civil War. I've studied, I'm fascinated by all history. So I've just seen a pattern that started after the reconstruction of trying to bury the wound without healing the wound. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. So I think what's happening now is the powers that be, for whatever reason, decided to throw some gas and a lit match on that old fire pile. And they've, they've forgotten how to talk and remember that, hey, we're all in this together. Whether you you like the result of an election or not, um, can, <laughs> as we used to say in the Marines, is it's a big shit sandwich and we all got to take a bite. <laughs> there you go. So when you say the powers that be, clearly you're speaking of President Trump. President Trump, I think, is a reaction to that quote, what the first Bush president said, a new world order. And there are people still in the country that are like, 
don't want to be a part of that. And that's what he was elected by, just this silent majority, for lack of a better term, that said, I've had enough of the -the run-of-the-mill politicians. Let me just throw a monkey wrench into the whole works and have it break so we can fix it again. Okay. I mean, that's why I support... That's why I kind of support him in the first election. wasn't because, you know, I thought he was presidential or not. Just being a conservative, and I'm not – if you check my voter registration, I'm independent, but I I admit I'm conservative-leaning. You know, I'm just tired of seeing middle American conservatives being told by their Republican leaders – to hey, just sit down, we've got this, we'll take care of you, and nothing ever gets done. So I think that's a lot of the reason why the right is up in arms. So four years later, three and three-quarter years mm-hmm. later, how do you feel about President Trump and the job that he has done leading our country? Well... You know, sometimes he acts like the schoolyard bully. Sometimes it makes me roll my eyes. Sometimes it makes me giggle. And sometimes he does certain things that I'm like, yeah, it's about time we did that. I want to Um, note that the first thing you said, though, I want to just be clear. You didn't say he passed mm -hmm. this legislation or he made this change or he followed up on this campaign promise. The first thing you said was he acts like a, like a schoolyard bully. Clear, that yeah. was your first reaction to me saying, how do you feel about the job he's done in almost four years? Your first reaction as a supporter was he acts like a bully. That was your initial response. Now don't forget yeah. that, that was your initial response. Go ahead and I'm going to let you continue. Okay. <laughs> well... Where were we? My train of thought derailed. You said you said uh, sometimes he says things and you shake your head, and sometimes he says things and you're like, okay. Mm, yeah, okay. Thank you. <sighs> so, all right. Crime reform done. He got tra- better trade deals for us. He made us energy independent for the first time since the end of World War II. The economy was getting ready to go gangbusters before all this COVID hit, and there's still, it's coming back. It looks like it's coming back just as strong. So there's a lot of positive things he's done. I love that he's taken this out of the Middle East. Can we take your points one at a time, though? Because. Absolutely. Can can we. Okay, so start with your first one was. I don't remember now. The uh, first one you said. Crime red. Crime reform, uh, prison reform. Prison reform? I can't remember. No, whatever the crime legislation that he did. Prison reform that reduced, you're talking about the one that reduced the the term of many of the nonviolent offenders. Right. Um, Yeah, there's no reason certain people to be in. He he, he did 
we did sign that in the legislation. It was not um, if, if 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 you are a history buff and you research that, um, it's actually a spinoff mm-hmm. of a previous legislation that was done by uh, Bush forty three. Nope. Bush forty three okay. had something called the Second Chance Act. So mm-hmm. you know, yes, he did. Do, yes, he did do that. I, I don't. I, I don't have anything bad to say about it. Um, I actually know someone that was uh, a friend of a friend that was actually released early because of his legislation. Um, so, uh, you know, if we want to put, if we want to put something in Trump's column, I'll concede. I, I, I don't know a heck of a lot, a heck of a lot about it. I just know it, this, my, one of my problems is he acts like when he does something, it's never been done before. He's the only one to ever do it. And the world just stopped because he did it. And, and it's just so far from the truth. But on that one, I will, I will, I will, okay. I, will con- yep. I will concede that point. That's, that's yes. just what I'm, when he does things like that, that's when I'm ro- rolling my eyes and I'm like, Oh my God, did you, you're not going okay. a prime example. So is, yep. But a, a prime example of what we were just talking about is the stuff and works that he did for veterans. And he, he makes a big deal about saying how, he got everything changed, and everything is now perfect. Now, what he did, if he took President Obama's uh, legislation that he got passed and tweaked it so that it is a hell of a lot easier to use. As a disabled vet, you know, I can tell you that, you know, 7 o'clock at night, an hour away from the nearest VA full-time hospital, you had to call in to get authorization to go to a civilian clinic or hospital. If it was an emergency, they would just take you and figure it out afterwards. I I know that from personal experience too. But right. the b- biggest benefit to me that I've noticed of what he did for the veteran is that pre-authorization, that, uh, that's gone. Okay. I, uh, so I'll be honest, I can't I'll... tell you anything more about it. <laughs> That's fine. I'm not a veteran. I'll take your word for it. He took something out of your own mouth that Obama did and made it better. Gotcha. What else? Uh, uh, where did we go from there? Oh, the trade deals. NAFTA. TPP. I mean, anybody, even Joe Schmo or Jane Schmo walking down the street, could see these jo- these deals good for America, and granted they started getting crafted way before Trump or Obama even thought about running, and that's what I mean by the powers that be. These are things that you know the Bushes and the Clintons kind of cooked up, and we were dealing with the results of it. Where they were, but, but and they're, they're safe. They're, well, we've but, got cheaper. But, but there, there, there are a lot of, there are a lot of people that would disagree strongly that his trade deals improved our relationships um, with our allies. That his trade deals turned out to generate more jobs domestically. That his trade deals actually saved anywhere near the amount of money that he claims. And that's the other problem I have is he, he's a liar. Okay, and I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and totally bash the guy because I don't think that's going to be productive. But the one word that comes mm-hmm. to mind when I think of Trump is liar, liar in chief, because he lies every day. It's just, it's bad. 
And there are a lot of people, and I know them, and I've had conversations with them that don't agree that his trade deals have improved our standing and that they have benefited. And and even Biden has already came out and said that, um, you know, he would he would rejoin uh, TPP and that he would take a second look. I mean, the deal that we had, the NAFTA deal that we had, that he changed and calls it something else now. Now we have a deal with the, you know. Canada and, and uh, Mexico, um, and he calls it something different. By all accounts, it is not better than what we previously had. It's just, it's just not. And well, and let me add some little something that, else in when we're talking about sure. Canada and Mexico. Campaign on a wall that we didn't have to pay for, right? Campaign yep. every speech. The wall just got bigger, mm-hmm. and you're not going to have to pay for it. <laughs> I bet. How'd that, how'd that turn out? How'd that mess turn out? Well, a lot slower than most of us would hope. And, and we're I, I heard him change his tune in one of his speeches earlier this week saying when it's built, all the ports of entry, that's where Mexico's going to pay for it. Any truck, commercial vehicle coming across, that's where he says he's now going to uh, exact his but, tolls for but it. we all know the difference well, between that's right being or not, paying for something and being reimbursed for something, right? right. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. he didn't say we would be reimbursed. He didn't say we'd have to front the money and get it back. He said, and Mexico <laughs> will pay for it. And the current president of Mexico at the time told Trump to sit and spend. There's no way they're paying for it. Good luck with that. <laughs> so, yep. you know, but, but anyway, okay. So we don't agree on the trade, but that's okay. What else? That's fine. Um, Pulling the troops out of the Middle East, getting us out of there. That, if there's one thing I could have done after 9-11 was, you know, if you were had all the power in the world, would be to go into the Oval Office and punch 43 in the face, say, do not go into Iraq. That was the dumbest move. And the fact that it just came out this summer that the Pentagon really had no idea or plan for how to deal with Afghanistan, still there 20 years after the fact, basically. It just, it breaks my heart because I, I was walking through, I told you I had to go to the VA yesterday. You know, I'm walking through and I'm looking at guys older than me, and then I look at guys younger than me that are in there, and I know they're Iraq or Afghanistan vets, and it just breaks my heart to see what they're going through. And it was, it was a basically in my um, estimation, it it didn't have to go down that way. We needed to get Obama. Oh, excuse me. God, I can't believe I just said that. Forgive me. It's okay. We needed to get bin Laden. Osama bin Laden, and Obama followed through on that. And I cried tears of joy when that happened. I was, I was proud again to be an American. I was just I'm like, because, you know, they always say, you know, America will come and get you. And I'm like, yeah, but we rarely ever do it. 
you know. Right. Or at least, at least you don't. We don't do it in big splashes. The only other uh, uh, thing I can remember was that uh, Colombian drug lord, the narco terrorist down there. Yes. Shit. The main cartels. Chapo. Oh, no, ch- before Chapo. Way before Chapo. Okay. So what? 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 Uh, what, yeah. I, what? You know, and I and I know you're a Marine, and I know military stuff is near and dear to your heart. And um, I want to I want to go bigger than that if we can, because there's there's a yeah. lot of things that you and I on a day to day basis right here in this country. Um, yeah. You know, I I have mixed feelings on his handling, you know, things that have come out over the last couple of months about, you know, things that he said about our military, the things I heard him say about John McCain, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, yeah, it's hard that, for me to, yeah. but it's the same guy, you know, it's, just, it's the same guy that, yeah. you know, when, when he does something like bring military home, I want to know why, because I don't think he cares about our military based on the things that he said, the things that he said about a war hero, the things that he didn't, you know, he, he didn't give the, he got mad because the hat flags were half staff. He, I, I mean, it's just, and you know, people say, well, he just, you know, sometimes he can be a jerk. That's well beyond being a jerk. This is a Republican, well-respected Republican center, ran for president, and in his after he passes away, the things that he has said about him, it's 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 amazing. So I'll, I'll concede that that in the end, anytime you bring troops home, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Now. Yeah. I would love to dig deeper. I have not into the ramifications of that because there are, there are uh, material rights, there's oil, there's, there's uh, you know, people that are getting mistreated by their government, and we have had a history of stepping in to try to protect uh, mm-hmm. human rights. And I'm just wondering the, the, the playing field here. We took these troops out, but what did we leave behind? And that's one of the reasons Obama did not rushed to take the troops out because he was mindful of what, you know, well, what are we leaving behind? Are we leaving behind a mess? Are we leaving behind vulnerable oh. citizens? Are we leaving behind unprotected oil fields? What are we leaving behind? That's one of the things he spoke about regularly. So why his, I will, I will agree with you on that a hundred percent. Right. So I, I, I what, once we were in, we were in, we had to, right. And right. Obama so let's, inherited let's, a shit show. <laughs> he did. He did. He did. Um, but let's talk about Trump and how he's managed our country. Let's start with COVID. I mean, we found out today that All the right, president what, what, has COVID. One second before that, it just came back to me. Pablo Escobar was the guy I was thinking about. Oh, Escobar, yeah. It's the only other time I've ever yeah. heard the government make a big deal about getting somebody. Yep, Pablo Escobar. Yep, I remember that. Okay. Um, okay. Let's talk so, COVID. COVID. We yep. found out today that he's tested positive. His wife's tested positive. I made a post. I want to repeat my position. I will never, ever wish death upon anybody short of someone who did some damage to, you know, my loved ones. Um, outside of that, I would never wish that or, or suffering. I don't like the man. I don't respect the man, but I, I don't want him to die over this. I, don't, I want him and his wife to have a full recovery and return to health. That is my sincere wish. However, I hope that this sends him a message that I don't think he has. I hope this delivers a message because I don't think he's gotten that message. Um, he has I think it, repeatedly, I think, 
he has said that he has done a great job handling the pandemic. You buy that? I think he did the best job he could without knowing all the facts about it. And he got off to a good start. Then he got into a rocky position. And by a good start, I mean, as soon as the first couple of cases showed up in the U.S. from China, he started closing the borders. And we can get into... But he also said that this won't last. This will go away. It's no big deal. Exactly. When we got got 15 cases. Mm Mm-hmm. What they didn't plan was, oh, shit, the world is round. So if it's not coming in this side, it's going to come in the other side. And but do you think that his, it was too late by the time expert, he shut down the traffic? Do you think his experts said, yeah, you know, you're right. We got 15 cases. I mean, it's blowing up everywhere else in the world. But when it comes here, it's not going to. Do you think the people that are in charge actually said that to him? Or do you think he just went out on his own to downplay it as he was quoted, Robert Woodward saying, yeah, I, I intentionally downplayed it. So that's what he told them. Like, like you made a statement yeah. and he didn't have all the facts, but we, we had, he had enough facts not to make it into something that it wasn't because we saw what it did in China. We saw what it was doing in Europe and then it came here and he, first he called it a democratic hoax. Remember that? <laughs> Another hoax by the Democrats. No, I don't. I don't, like, rem- don't remember that one, but I do not doubt that he said it. By I all think- means. Fact check me. Go to Google when we're done will, and just type Democratic hoax, and you'll see him say, this is another hoax by the Democrats. That's what he said about the brother, coronavirus I, when he first caught wind of it. I know you well enough and respect you well enough that I don't even have to do that. I'll take well, the word that, yeah, because that does sound like something he said. <laughs> right, and, and here's my point. You know, we are nine months into it. We have over 200,000 people dead. We've got 4% of the world's population and 20% of the world's deaths. And he's sitting there saying that he's done a great job. Do you know, and you may not know this, and maybe you do, that Obama had to deal with Ebola. H1N1. Created a, yep, created a pandemic office with a playbook on how to handle mm-hmm. worldwide pandemics. Created yeah, this. Side. In Remember my facts right? Trump shut it down. Oh, he, yeah, he closed it down, got rid of it yeah. when he got in the office. That was stupid. So he had the resources, <laughs> but because Obama did it and he wants to distance himself from anything Obama did, yeah. shut it down. You, you see what I'm saying? He just shut it down. And now he's mm-hmm. saying he did a great job. I'm trying to see, and you're, you're, you, know, you, you support the man, I'm trying to see where this great job is because now he's got it. Well, he couldn't even keep himself safe. The the things that I would point to and my gut says is what he's thinking about when he's saying he's doing a great job because somebody needs to just go, hey, if you think you're going doing a great job, go talk to a family who just lost their mother because she's in a nursing home and they're on lockdown and nobody gets to see it. And all the re- the only way they know she's passed is because they got a phone call that a, you know, right. I lost a dear friend of mine from high school 
She was 50 years old, beautiful, heart, soul, in every aspect of the word, beautiful. And poof, one morning back, beginning of summer, I get a call from another friend saying she's gone. And because of the COVID fears, they couldn't do an autopsy. But the doctor said, yeah, it probably was. At least that's what other friends from high school said. So, yeah, I I, I see where you're coming from, brother. The, what I would think he's referring to is when he sent uh, Mercy Hospital ships to New York and L.A., when he got certain industries to retool and uh, start producing the masks and the ventilators that we needed here um, and starting to work to – I think it's just absolutely stupid that we have a lot of our pharmaceuticals and medical kits and stuff being made in another country like China or Pakistan or India or Taiwan, where wherever they're made nowadays. That's stuff that our people need. We shouldn't outsource. Right. Not, so let's, for, let's, not let's for a dollar. Look at, let's look at, and, and you know, I have thoughts on that too, but let's look at the last three months. Let's okay. look at since he started pushing to open everything up. Let's look at the fact that he's having rally after rally. He had his, uh, his uh, uh, convention at the White House, which is a big no-no, but he did it anyway because he's Donald. Um, there was no social distancing. There was hardly any ma- any mask. He sat there at the debate and made fun of Joe Biden for wearing a mask, you know, and mm-hmm. he's he's doing all of this. Now his top aide, Hope Hicks, Hope Hicks has it. He and his wife have has it. And do you think mm-hmm. that maybe people that have supported him that also got it, listened and followed his lead, where he has downplayed this disease, and yet people are dying every day. Is that what we want from our leader? Or do we want a leader that takes this seriously, that doesn't put their campaign ahead of people's lives? He wants the economy to thrive because it makes him look good. He wants Wall Street to do good because it makes him look good. When you shut down or when you suggest that the economy, because he can only do so much as president but right. when you suggest that it's it's time to you know shut down the economy it hurts him but when you open it up and jobs start coming back it helps him so do you do you see my point does it does it not appear that he's acting like there's no real emergency here because he's trying to win re-election when in fact the emergency has never gone away it's still here we're still dealing yeah. with it and people are still dying. <laughs> the the easiest answer I could give you, my friend, is that I think he saw an advantage for himself, not personally, but I think I think he has like a a savior complex. You know, uh, oh, I've been chosen a, like a messiah complex. I've been chosen to save the world or save America from the world. That, that would be my gut instinct. And that's the guy you want to continue to support that feels that that's his job. And while he's doing that job, people are dying daily. 
We've got well, over 7 million cases. We've got 200,000, 209,000 dead and counting. Mm-hmm. And you think that that's the leadership we should have in this, in this country, that mentality? Of course not. But what he also has to deal with is the skyrocketing effects of the lockdown, which is, hey, forget about the economy for a second. Drug addiction spiking, alcoholism spiking, suicides are spiking, abusive partner, spousal abuses spiking. I lost a, a friend of a friend, a brother Marine apparently took his own life last night. So, you know, and I, I'm sorry honest, to hear that. Yeah. It's, I mean, uh, no, I'm, it's kind of like, but, but you try but to juggle I, everything. I have seen, where do you go? I have seen, I have seen no data. I've heard, I've heard anecdotes like that. And again, I'm sorry to hear that. I've seen no data that any of that is true. It's a Trump talking point that has not been confirmed. And when I, if someone confirms that to me, that's fine. But, but think back to how this happened. He started doing daily briefings. Fauci and the lady, I can't remember her name, um, speaking, yeah. you know, almost every day to us. We, we were getting mm-hmm. updates as to what was going on. He had the Surgeon General, he had all that, and then he just stopped it. He just yeah, stopped well, it. I don't, and now for the I last got, few months, He's been focusing in, and I and, and I'm sorry, I don't I, I I don't believe he stopped that focus because suicides were spiking or drug addictions were spiking or spouse. I don't believe that that's why he did it. I believe he did it because he realized he's losing in the polls, and he's got mm-hmm. to get up on his giddy up and save this election. And he can't save the election if the economy is bad and people aren't working. So I don't care. This is me talking, but I'm talking against him. Uh, I don't care how mm-hmm. many people are dying from COVID. I don't care how many cases we have. We're going to open this some bitch back up, and we're going to put people back to work. And I'm going to be able to say, and we're, and I'm going to lie about getting a, because he's the only one that says we're going to have a vaccine by the election or by you know this year. He's the only one. Yeah, no one else is saying. It. He's the only one saying that. But he's saying it because mm-hmm. he wants people to believe him, so they vote for him. His entire motivation over the last couple of months has been the election. If he came out and said with a credible medical professional, we have to rethink how we're handling corona because here's some data that I was just made aware of. Suicides, you know, addictions, uh, you know. And, and he came out and said that, he would have our attention because he'd get fact-checked by every network in the world and it would either be, yep, that's true. Now what do you do? Or it'd be like, oh, he's making it up. Well, guess what? He hasn't, other than a couple of times the talking points, he hasn't focused mm-hmm. in on that. He's like, I want to get everyone back to work. We've got to get the economy going. And we, that's been what he's talking about. Because he knows okay. that those are talking points that will either help him lose his job or keep his job. Does that make sense okay. to you? What do you... Yeah, it absolutely does. The flip side of that, the other side of the coin is New York City, the uh, comptroller, I think it was the comptroller, basically said that 
more than likely when we come out of this, 50% of all the restaurants are going to be out of business permanently. So what do you tell all those people and their families that they don't, they don't have a job anymore and they're certainly not going to be able to afford New York City? Things like that. I mean, that it's it's not – the worst lesson I learned in life is I, for the longest time, had black and white views. Every, it was either right or wrong. And it took me a long time to realize that it's actually all shades of gray. And how much pain can you take before you – So would you like me to respond to your question? Course. Would you like a response? Okay. So when you're a leader, those are the decisions that you get paid to do. That's your job to figure that out. And and you're not in it alone. You've got experts. You've got, I mean, you know, your governor, you know, there's there's a lot of people that will help you determine, okay, so here's our situation. Uh, We already did the CARES Act with the Paycheck Protection Program. I know because I was a Mm -hmm. part of that. And there were hundreds of millions of dollars that were, um, given out to business to help keep them afloat. They tried to get a second yep. one done, but it fell flat. So I don't know if it's going to happen still or not, but so far the Democrats across. can't yeah. agree. Right. So, yep. so, so, so my point is, no, it's not black or white, but you have to make a decision on what's worse. This virus is not just affecting business owners. This virus is affecting everybody. everybody. I agree. When you're the president and you have to make decisions, you've got to think about all 350 million citizens because every one of us, including him, as we found out today, can be impacted. And, yeah, unfortunately, and I can say this as a non-business owner, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be a downside. Shit's mm-hmm. going to happen. And people are going to lose jobs. People are going to lose companies. Their homes. Yep. Their homes. Yep. Absolutely. But – the other side of it is by doing what he's doing, can we honestly say that we're saving companies? Can we honestly say that? I mean, so now we still have the same challenges that we had before and people are still dying. So if we're going to lose businesses and we're going to lose, um, you know, people are going to lose their homes and all these things happen. We're saving lives. Okay. I, I, I can, I can get behind that. I can get behind that. I, I, I'm not a business okay. owner, and I and I don't want to slight any of my business owner friends out there. I don't want. I own my own home, and I don't want to slight anybody out there that owns their own home. But the number one thing is life. You don't have your life. Don't Agreed. Right? We got over <laughs> two hundred and nine thousand dead. Yeah. And I don't think his motivation is keeping the businesses open. That's the problem. I don't think his motivation is keeping people in their home. I think his motivation is I want to be reelected. So well, every decision I, I would, make is going to be to get reelected, not to do the best thing for the country. I'm doing the best thing for Donald Trump. Well, as during the impeachment trial, Alan Dershowitz said, talked about that very, very topic, whether or not, you know, sometimes the neat, the good of the country mirrors the good of the individual man or woman who's whoever's holding the office and that's not something illegal it's just a confluence of different events that you know point them all in the same direction 
I, I honestly, I would say since the summer, he's been more focused on doing things that make him look presidential as a leader and I hate to use the analogy but like when I was a small child and wake up with a nightmare or something that scared me bad and I'd go to my parents and they would say oh it's nothing it's nothing and I'm like no 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 you, there's something flying around in my room <laughs> and it turned out there was a bat you know, but my parents' job was just, just you know, go, go back to bed, and that's that's kind of where I think he felt. That's yeah, the analogy I'll, I'll, I draw in my mind. Yeah, I'll say I'll have to complete. I don't think he's done anything to make himself look presidential. He's doing things that pander to his base so that they reelect him. I don't think yeah. sitting back and watching people do. die is president. Yeah, I don't think, but yeah, but I don't think that. Well, I don't know of any politician, as, as long as I can remember, that has made decisions that we know are costing people. Now, uh, wars aside, okay, war is a different animal, yeah. so let's not bring up wars. But I'm talking about mm-hmm. civilians, everyday people are dying. He knows they're dying. He gets the numbers every day, and he sits there and says mm-hmm. how great of a job he's doing. And yet every day, you know, people are dying. I, that's, he's, not, he's not making the decision, you know, to, to, as being, you know, showing that he's a great president. He's, he, he knows what his base wants, and he's pandering mm-hmm. to his base because he wants to be reelected. That's it. If he was doing what's best, I mean, how can – what is the problem with having a, a um, convention – First of all, he shouldn't have had it at the White House. We all know that, but he went ahead and did it. What's the problem with people wearing masks? We're in a no. pandemic. But he didn't do yeah. that. All these rallies that he has, and hardly no one's wearing mm-hmm. a mask. They're not requiring masks. He not, he's not wearing one. He joked with Biden about wearing a mask. I mean, little things like that as the leader of our country and the leader of the free world, and you don't set the example. You don't set the example, and the, the, the experts have said if people just wore a mask, we'd have a quarter of the deaths. If they just, if everyone just wore a mask, and we get this guy up there saying, "Oh yeah, I wear them when I when I feel I need to," should not President be saying everyone wear a mask, stay home. If you need to go out, social distance, wear a mask, wash your hands, and then leading shouldn't that be well? What he does? Then if he just did that. If he just did that, don't you think okay. things would be better? If he sent that message to his people, his base, the people that are supporting him, the people that run around and saying it's my, it's my right not to wear a mask. If I don't want to wear a mask, I'm not going to wear a mask, and you're not going to make me. He sat up there and said to everybody, everybody, red states and blue states, wear a mask, social distance, wash your hands. Instead of saying, well, the problem is, you know, the Democratic-ran states are having a problem. That's not – how is that presidential? They're your people, too. They're your people, too. Is he acting that way, Colin? Um, from your point of view, I can see that. Yeah, I can see where you would think that. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't defend that type of action if, because that's how you're – looking at it i'm looking at it from all right there's a pandemic 
it's a shitty situation worldwide, but life still has to go on. I mean, I'll be honest with you, man. I probably went through just from May till September, almost about $3,500 in alcohol alone. That's because I, I'm sitting here in my home and I'm like, I, I can't do this. <laughs> and then, you know, the demons start calling and yeah, you hey, gotta. Hey, but you know what, Colin? You know what, Colin? Though? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You and I used to go to the pavilion, right? Yeah. Down at the pavilion. I've, do you know where I, I was? I missed that, by the way. Monday? And you know where I was almost every Monday this summer? In your house. I was at the pavilion. No, I was at the pavilion. Oh, you suck. Because <laughs> I put it on Facebook every once in a while. I, I mean, I took the day off, so you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> but. Um, but I was there. <laughs> to all, the, all the employers that are listening. No, I, 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 I doubt anybody from my company. No, I did take the day off, but no, for real, I did. My boss knows, and she knew that. And you're I told an honorable man. I to... <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't have any reason to lie. I have plenty of time. Um, but here's my point. Was it the same that we used to see? No. Did they have to redo everything at the pavilion? Absolutely. Yep. But I went because I wasn't going to stay in the house mm-hmm. and miss something that I enjoy. Now, have I stayed in the house more? Absolutely. Have I made my yeah. house even more fun than my house always is? Absolutely. You know, have I yeah, had to suffer I... like a lot of people? Absolutely. But guess what? It's mm-hmm. October 2nd. I'm alive and so are you. And yeah. all my point is this. Has it been easy for us? Absolutely not. No. Summer was not the same. I get it. But mm-hmm. my point is we elect leaders to lead. And, and he my is chosen with my problem is he's not leading from the best interests of everybody, of all people. He's pandering to his base and he's doing what he thinks is going to get himself reelected. And that is not where you should be leading from. Biden said, well, I, if we have a surge and I need to push things to shut down the economy again, that's exactly what I'll do. Do you think that was a popular thing to say? Absolutely not. Democrat or Republican. No one wants to hear that. Right. Could it be the right thing to do for most of the country to save lives? The experts would say, yeah. The experts are still saying, yeah. That's my problem with this guy. Like, he's now got the damn virus. And I'm petrified on what he's going to say now. I'm petrified. (laughs) I am. Because... I pray that he comes out of this with a renewed sense of, wow, this is nothing to play with, and maybe I did take this lightly, and I wasn't serious enough. Well, you know what? I'm I'm awake now. My gut says that's not what's going to happen. He's going to say, I had it. You know, I quarantined. I had a few symptoms. It's gone. It's over. Back to work. Like I told you guys, it's no big deal. It comes in. I think that's what's going to happen. And and more of his base are going to listen and say, yep, I don't want to wear a mask and I don't want to stay home. And we're going to see the death toll continue to climb because he's not doing what's right for the country. Why? Because he has experts that get paid a lot of money to advise him, and he does what he wants. Consider that. Let, let's, let's, let's 
switch topics to something. We talked military for a little bit, near and dear to your heart. Now we're going to talk race relations, near and dear to my heart. Um, Not a problem. And anybody out there that's listening for the first time, I am African-American. Most of my listeners know because I don't hide it because I'm proud of being African-American. <laughs> um, and I got to tell you, living as an African-American in this country today is as bad as it's been since I've been an adult, since I've been an adult. I can't compare it to the 60s because I, I was born in the late 60s, so I can't compare it to then. But, you know, I graduated high school in 1985. And if we consider, you know, people adults when they graduate high school, this is the toughest mm-hmm. it's been. This right here that I'm dealing with on a day-to-day basis is as tough as it's been. So I'm going to ask you just a, a straight-up question, and then we can get into the details a little bit. But you are not a person of color. You are not African-American or Hispanic or anything. Um, but I'm I curious your White as they come. Yes, you are. But um, – <laughs> Yes, Your you perception see me dance. on how he, <laughs> I, I, I have, and it's ugly. Um, your <laughs> perception on how he's handled race relations as president. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one for me. Um, I think he's the first president since the 60s to have to deal with crisis level race conflicts. I mean, this hasn't been like we, this hasn't been like this since the sixties. And in certain areas, yeah, uh, I think he did well in other areas. I think, uh, Can I get an example of where he did well? Well, I believe he's important that it's important that when people have perceptions of things that they can actually articulate why. If not, then the perception doesn't carry much value. So, and that's one of the reasons. All right, Um, the differences in the way he handled. The West Coast, like Portland, Seattle, those areas with their now independent zones, and like Minneapolis, that is relatively calm now. It's it's still boiling over, but he has resisted sending in federal troops, and when they were in there, like they were protected in the federal building in. I think I can't remember if it was Portland or Seattle. And uh, the mayor said, get him out of here. He, he pulled them out. And he, he won't send them in unless they're asked. I think that shows restraint. I think it's different than the approach Kennedy took with Lou Wallace in Alabama. And when he just said, up, oh, federalizing the National Guard, and they're coming in at 2 o'clock. So, you know, that, that could have well, started well, a fucking war. Well, well, well let, let's remember that Kennedy's actions were pre-Civil Rights Act, pre-Voter um, Rights Act, pre-Fair Housing Act. I mean, 
you can't compare what Kennedy had to deal with to today. I've, I've, even though it's the only comparison though, that I have, I yeah, acknowledge not, Kennedy had it a lot worse than a what, lot worse. It's not even close. Yeah. Um, but there's a reason Kennedy was dead. <laughs> well, I think there was a yeah, lot of people was, that didn't like him. <laughs> well, I won't speculate on that, but um, yeah. So he, he, he course corrected with how he handled some of the original writing to how he handled some of the later writing. I don't really want to say mm-hmm. that that was a positive thing for race relations. I think that um, he got beat up really good for sending in the, you know, the unmarked, un, unidentified federal, uh, whatever they were. I still to this day don't know who they were. I saw them on videotape doing their thing, I'm, unmarked cars. I'm guessing they were like no federal marshals. They had no I'm identification, nothing. So, um, I don't, I don't know either. When he was asked about systemic racism, he said, I'm paraphrasing, but the message was, I haven't seen it, and I don't believe it exists. When he was asked to denounce white supremacy, it's been covered all week, he didn't mm-hmm. do it. He just blatantly didn't do it. When he was asked a follow-up the next day, he still didn't do it. It is now three days later. He, he has not done it. He has not blatantly come out and denounced white supremacy as he was asked repeatedly. Oh, when I think it's pres- Charlottesville happened, oh, mm-hmm. when Charlottesville happened, the famous there's good people on both sides quote came out. He criticized, um, he actually, I'm sorry, he supported the 17 year old armed white guy that killed two supporters, two protesters, and he supported that action and how the cops handled that guy as opposed to how they handled the peaceful protesters. I mean, I can, I can, there, there is litany, there's a litany of examples. He has not once spoke to Jacob Blake's family, George Floyd's family, Breonna Taylor's family. When he's asked about these murders, he says law enforcement has a tough job. And sometimes, like when you're golfing, you choke. That's his response. Cool. There's, yeah, the golf analogy doesn't serve him well. No. Uh, as far as my belief on these things, we'll take the shooting in Kenosha. More evidence has come out. I I, st- I cannot justify why a kid from Ohio was in Kenosha, Wisconsin, walking down the street with an AR-15. However, once he's there, and all he was really trying to do was protect the local citizen's property and was cleaning up when he if you watch all the videos that's come out, he was assaulted. He was chased. The one guy he shot had a gun. The both, two, all three of them, as I recall now, 
had a gun so or I'm gonna, was I'm going to I'm going to pause you and That's say I'll concede every I'll I'll concede that everything you're saying is correct. So you don't even have to repeat it. I'll concede. If that had been a okay. black guy with a with an AR-15 in the same circumstances, do you believe that he would have been treated the same way by local law enforcement? I have no excuse for why. I mean, in one of the videos, you see him running, and somebody asked him, what are you doing? I'm going to find the cops. I just shot someone. And the cops told him to keep going. What yeah. the fuck is that? And had that, that been an African-American... I, I cannot deny, after all the evidence I've seen, that it probably would have gone down differently. Right. So, so that's 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 kind of my point. When when you have a situation with a Brianna Taylor home in her bed, cops bust in. And virtually every witness to what happened has said they didn't announce who they were or why they were there. Mm-hmm. And so the boyfriend, in, in an act of not knowing who was breaking in, shot at the cops, and the cops shot back. But they yeah. didn't. They didn't announce anything. They just busted in, and she's dead. Uh, and the only I guess the only crime is well, you were you were clumsy with how you shot, and you, some of your bullets went through the wall and endangered the neighbors. Reckless endangerment. We're going to get you for that, and that's it. Well, because it wasn't an intentional act to kill, they had received fire. Even the rules of engagement in combat say you can return fire if you're being fired upon. Rules of engagement in combat count when, Colin. When do those matter? When you're at war. In combat. Right. War. That's not combat. I'm home in my bed and sleep. I'm sleeping. I'm not, right. I'm not at combat. I'm not at war. You busted into my house, and you don't tell me mm-hmm. who you are. Yes, I'm going to fire at you. You should expect that. If you're home, yeah. if any one of those cops were home in their bed sleeping with their loved one, and somebody busted in, and you had access to a firearm, you're going to shoot. That's just defense. That's just, oh, my God, I don't know who this is. Do you think if they had yelled out, police, we're here to serve a warrant, that the guy would have shot at them? No. Police, we're here to serve a warrant. That would have saved a lot of heartache and pain and kept a beautiful young woman alive. So here's my point. I hate these no-knock Have we heard you're a reasonable guy? I'm a reasonable guy. Right. Look at how fast we came to an understanding of how this could have been prevented. Where's the president on yeah. this? Because people were marching and protesting because, once again, an African-American, innocent African-American was murdered. Jacob Blake yep. shot in the back. Shot in the back. Seven times. Where's the president on that? He goes and he and he and and he and he, you know, praises law enforcement. Says, "Well, you guys are doing a great job." Like as a citizen of this country, don't you Mm -hmm. feel some kind of way that wow, my fellow citizens of color, George Floyd, you know, getting murdered, and the president of the United States 
doesn't stand up and take a stand against it, doesn't call any of these families and say, I'm very sorry that you had to go through this. My administration will be looking into race relations. My administration will be looking into how we can weed out. Hey, no one's saying, you know, you, you and I both know I, I'm very fond of law enforcement. I have a very, very mm-hmm. close friend of mine that's in law enforcement. I have nothing against yeah. law enforcement, and I'm a black man. But there mm-hmm. are bad eggs, and these bad eggs have power. And it's not like going to a job and having someone that comes to work late. These bad no, apples I, I, have power, and something needs to be done to try to figure out a way to weed them out, improve training, something. I don't hear him doing anything like that. Nothing. Zero. He doesn't even acknowledge that there's a problem. Uh, I'm going to say it, I, I got no defense for anything you just said there. All right. I know how I would be if I was in that spot. I think I would, I would hope you would know. I hope you would at least know how I would be. We got to stop the madness. That's so let's my, my, one of my things is, you know, let's stop fixing the blame. Let's fix the problem. And let's not just sugarcoat it and say, oh, it's only a problem when this, this, and this. Happens. No, it's a problem. Let's, let's talk about the elephant in the room. And but you know what? The if we got to pull some band-aids off. That's, all that's fine. All of that is fine. But if the leader of the free world and the leader of this country won't, have that, won't start that conversation, why should I vote for him, and why would you, is my point. Why would you support that when it affects your brothers and sisters? It affects your citizens. The things that he is doing, I'm not, I'm not obviously going to vote for everyone. I'm, I'm being rhetorical. I'm not necessarily trying to tell you who to vote for, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying is these are the things that happen on a day-in and day-out basis. This is yeah. what we see. This is what we deal with. You know, He trashes Obama to this day. Obama hasn't been in office in four years, and he trashes Obama. He, he, tells, he told Biden in the debate the other night that I'm cleaning up your mess. I'm sorry. That's a lie. Obama <laughs> did not give him any kind of a mess. Neither did Biden. Now, Bush 43 gave Obama a mess, yes. And the Obama-Biden administration cleaned it up and gave Trump everything thriving. Everything. The way I would describe it, unfortunately, and I'm going to use simplistic terms, just um, you know the story of the little Dutch boy puts his finger in the dike to hold back the ocean till the town can come by and fix it? Yeah. Okay. The Obama administration, they're the little Dutch boy. They they saw this wave. Not even. Hear me out. No. No. Hear me out. Hear me out. They saw this wave about to destroy everything. And they did. They used all the tools they had. They did everything they could to avert catastrophe. Now, the next guy comes in. Well, he's got bulldozers and steam shovels and work crews. And he takes all the credit for it. I saved the world. No, you, you're now steering a ship. 
the ship pulled out of the harbor. It was a rough harbor. It ran aground once or twice before it could get out of the harbor. And now that you've got clear sailing, you're going to say you did all this? You see where I'm, – I'm making analogies because that's how I communicate. Right, but – I hope but, that – So, but – but I'm not trying to simplify acknowledge it. that. No, I get what you're saying, and I would just say I, I think what Obama-Biden did was fix the problem. I don't think they did temporary fixes. They did, they did long-term repairs to what was damaged, long-term well, the problem, policy repairs. And the problem never goes away. I mean, it just keeps well, cycling back around. No, no, problems can go away. Right? They, they can actually I would go away. And, no, they actually did go away. It, the auto industry was dead. You know, the housing industry was dead. Housing right now, even with the pandemic, records being set in the housing industry. Auto industry is doing fine, even with the pandemic. So, no, they, they, you know, Wall Street, you know, our 401ks and our investment, you know, Trump Mm -hmm. continued what had been started, but tried to take all the credit. Unemployment was low. It went lower. Well, it was low when you got it. He tries to take all the credit and says Obama handed him a mess. That's a lie. Obama did not hand you a mess. You know, what about health care? The guy's been promising health care. I know you've got military, so you're a little bit different, but he's been promising mm-hmm. health care for four years. Yeah. How'd that, how'd, that, how'd that work out? It's a work in progress. That's four years what later? I would have to say. I mean, he's been asked. Yeah a number of times and said, I'm going to release my plans in a couple of weeks. And to this day, nothing's been released. He's been told that if I do repeal Obamacare. And made an executive order that pre-existing conditions must remain. Um, Yeah, must remain because they're already there. (laughs) (laughs) I see where you're at. He's already there. Uh, already count. He he right. promised you, as a Trump supporter, that I will repeal Obamacare first day in office, and I will give you much better health care. And almost four guess. years later, and he has not repealed Obamacare. He he got rid of the individual mandate. Big deal. He has not yep. repealed Obamacare and has not offered anything better. And all accounts yep. are, if he is successful in court, that 20 million people will immediately have no health insurance. And he has not offered anything, nothing to replace it yet. Nothing. What about the millions of people whose monthly premiums skyrocketed? What happened to if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your plan, that, you can keep your plan. It, yep, absolutely. It Obama shit happened. Yeah. yeah, he misspoke. But the worst but 12 million people that didn't missed. have he, – he, he misspoke and my insurance went up. But you know what? Am I mad that my insurance went up? Am I mad that now my daughter is, has to stay on my insurance until she's 26? Nope, because she'll have insurance until she's 26. And if I have to pay a little bit more so that my fellow Americans can have coverage, okay. I'm okay yeah. with that. Doesn't bother me. And I think, I think that there are a lot of people that don't feel that way, and that's too bad. I don't mind it. I would rather pay a little bit more and know that 20 million people – are being covered, then I get a savings, and now all these people are walking around. Because you know what happens. You know, you know what happens is, mm-hmm. is the lack of insurance will actually hurt you and I even more. 
because the services are going to go up because those people aren't going to get services now, right? They're not going to go to the hospitals. They're not going to go to the doctors because they have no insurance. So how do you think the hospitals and the doctors and big pharma pay for things? Well, when you don't have a high volume and you have a lower volume, how do you make up for the lower volume? You, you raise your prices wow. and your rates. So we're going to pay more either way. So if I'm going to pay more, let it be known that we've got coverage. There's no reason why everyone shouldn't have health insurance in this country. But my problem is, is he, he has made promises that he has not kept. And when he's asked about them, he comes up with a bunch of lies. The wall has been a disaster. The wall that we're paying I for. I wouldn't say the wall has been a disaster. I, I, oh, I disagree would. with you on that. Oh, I would. I've been, been down to disaster. You know what my last so active I, duty spot was? Working on the I border out of Fort Bliss and El Paso. I worked out of Fort Bliss, El Paso on the Texas-New Mexican border watching the, the drug runners and the illegal immigrants just but, but, pouring but, over the border. But Colin, but Colin, first of all, Obama deported more illegal more. aliens than any than any yes. president in modern history, and Trump took that topic. Well, you should. It's a fact. And Trump took that topic and made it a campaign piece so that he could do things like. Stop the the uh, Middle Eastern the the, the 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 Muslims from coming into the country and say the, the disparaging things he said about Mexicans. You took a topic that the previous administration had better numbers than any administration in modern history, and you made it a campaign point. It 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 really wasn't to deal with. It wasn't. He made it so. He made it such. You don't – we don't live down there. You don't see what it's like for the people on the border, the Americans living down there when the shit that goes down goes down. But that's it's, not what he campaigned on. He didn't campaign on helping the people on the border. He campaigned helping – You campaigned can't on helping America. Right, and he's uh, talking he campaigned about on helping America. And, Right, and he talked about jobs that were being stolen. He talked about yeah. crimes that were being committed, and the statistics Agreed. don't back that. That's what he can't. See, now, this on. is where not a statistic in the world where, that backs this claim. This is where we're going to have to differ because I still, I go online and I find statistics that back him up. It's it's well, going on to the hill You've got to go to reputable places and look at statistics being done in this country by illegal immigrants. And I promise I you, just FBI. said a few minutes ago, what's that? I go to the FBI website. Okay. So I, I promise you that I, when I say something, I've done my research. And, I, and you just I have no doubt that I don't need to fact, I don't have to fact check you. And I I, don't. I'm, I'm assuring you that he has inflated those claims to play to his base. Yes. I promise you that. But the claims I, I, that he's made I don't, are I don't doubt claims. that. I don't doubt that. So, so uh, again, porting Trump, and we look at broken, you know, promises that he's made that he didn't keep, um, poor race relations, 
terrible handling of COVID to the point where now he's even got it. And dare I say, had he done what the experts tell us all to do, he probably wouldn't have it. You know, I, 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 I'm still, I guess what I'm trying to understand, because we could, we could be at this all day, but after everything we've talked about, and again, I'm not necessarily here to change your mind, but you started off by saying that you wanted to bring us together, a way to bring people together. Do you see that there's no way that we can be brought together unless the top who's ever at the top does something to bring us together and that Donald Trump does not want to do that. He has zero desire to bring us together because if he wanted to do that, he would do that. I Here's here's something I'm going to admit. I I did not I do not see the world. I've not I cannot imagine what it's been like for young African Americans growing up. And I I don't know if you saw it or not. Uh I posted a video a while back. I think it was in August. Uh, it was at a it was basically a summer camp and one of the counselors was trying to make a point and saying, all right, we're everybody line up. We're going to have a hundred yard dash and the winner gets this hundred dollar bill. And then he started listing things off. Like, you know, if you have, if you came from a stable home with your parents married, take three steps forward. If you still have your father in the picture, if you, you know, mm-hmm. everything that he listed off, was everything that holds back minorities in the in the US. And by the time he was done, you know, there were the white kids up front and the kids of color either still at the starting line or, you know, spread out in between. He said, I'm still going to give the $100, but I want you all to realize that if some of these guys back here had had the same chance you had, I think they'd be winning this race. And all I want to do is I want to get us to where we're all on the same starting line. So whatever it takes to bring everybody up to the same level and get us there, so that we don't have all this rioting and hate. I mean, I've had my Trump sign stolen right off my front lawn. I've had my car egged because I, I didn't, it didn't even have a Trump thing on it. It was the veteran stuff that I had on there. And that was, you know, a couple months ago, you know, I, I just, what I see now is like the way I think of it, the, the pendulum swings and it swung against minorities, African-Americans, especially native Americans, maybe even more so. And now it's swinging back and it's crashing into, for lack of a better term, 
the white world. And so and I think it's got a lot of people want, scared. A few things I want to say. The pen, there's no pendulum. It's been, I'm 53 years old, and I've had this fight my entire life. So if there's no pendulum, I've had to fight an uphill battle my entire life. I moved from Hartford, Connecticut to Bristol, Connecticut. I was in Bristol for a week, and I had classmates calling me the N-word at just about to turn 10 years mm-hmm. old. I had classmates that calling sucks. me the N-word. Okay? Mm-hmm. I, I, it, it does, but, you know, it is what it is. And I, I, I've, I've gone through my life dealing with that. So the, there's no pendulum that's swung and is crashing anywhere on the majority. White people are still in control, and many white people don't see it. They think black people are making, making shit up. And, and, you know, things are so much better. Hey, look, you had a black president. What more do you want? No, they're not so much better. And, and the improvements we have had, we've had to fight for. You know, when I can make the same money as my white counterpart, come talk to me. When I can have the same net worth as my counterparts, come talk to me. And me as an individual might have been able to do it in spite of the system. The system does not, does not, is not friendly to that. That's because what I'm saying. of racism. And, 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 and it, but it doesn't help that the commander-in-chief, in my opinion, is a racist. To my opinion, and I'm not going to change my mind because everything I see, I've lived my life fighting racism, dealing with racism. I'm skilled at identifying racism. You know, when I was so – the... let, let, me, let me tell you a story. I'm sure, nine years ahead. old. Yep. And – I'm at a school here in Bristol, and me and my, my classmate Raymond, who I'm actually still friends with to this day, I haven't talked to him in a while, but, you know, we, we, we connected on social media. He's a great, yep. great, great guy. And we were asked by our teacher to do a joint report on Martin Luther King. And I went home all excited that I got picked to do this report, and I told my mother. And I said, hey, Ma, me and Raymond are going to do this report together and present it to the class on Martin Luther King. She said, oh, that's nice. And she looks at me and she says, so what's the rest of the class going to be doing? And I said, I don't know. She says, so you're going to be doing this extra work and this report to teach them about Martin Luther King. And they're just going to sit there and listen and they don't have anything to do. I said, that's, that's kind of what I think. Yeah. She goes, okay. She calls the school, sets up a meeting. We bring Raymond's parents into it. We all go up there. So it's my mom and dad, Raymond's mom and dad, me, Raymond, the teacher, who's since long passed away, and the principal, who's also long since passed away. And mm-hmm. my mother, who is still to this day, uh, my dad has passed, my mom's still with us, but my mom is my hero, yep. will always be my hero. I love her, love her to, to the ends of the earth and back. And But my mom don't take no junk. My mom said, Please explain to me why these two young men got asked to do this report and no one else in the class has to do anything. And the teacher, and I'm sitting there, and the teacher says, well, I just thought, and this is exactly what she said. I've never forgotten this in 44 years. She said, well, I just thought it was appropriate to have the two black boys do this report. My mom and dad looked at each other. Raymond's parents looked at each other. The principal looked at my, everyone and then looked at her in disbelief. And he, he then mm-hmm. apologized. He said, I am so sorry, Mr. and Mrs. Floyd, Mr. and Mrs. I won't 
say their name, but I'm yeah, I'm so no sorry. Problem. And 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 we will take care of this. And your children do not have to do anything. Um, it, it's fine. We'll figure out another way to celebrate Martin Luther King. So that was racism quietly kept. Do you know how many times yeah. that happens in this world? Happens all the time. All the time. Uh-huh. And when you have a president that doesn't identify, doesn't understand, or I'm sorry, refuses to identify and refuses to understand, how are we going to get anywhere, Colin? How are we going to improve? Well, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and if you and all of your colleagues and your partners are going to vote this guy back in, and I'm still not sure why anyone would vote for him after the debate Tuesday night. I'm not sure why. I, that was the most pathetic. I mean, I, I just, you know, <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, I, I don't get what anyone would see in him as a candidate Tuesday night. I, I don't get it. I I just can't. I can't bring myself to vote for Biden. Not after a lot of the shit he's done and pulled in his life and with his family. I, I can't do it. So it's kind of like the devil you know. I'll stick with him, and maybe in 2024, all the shit won't matter anymore. And all I want to do is reach out and say, there are people on both sides that are willing to sit down and talk, even if we don't like what each other says. Yeah, and and that's fine. But understand when you make a statement, how can we bring people together? This is why that we can't bring people together because even after I lay out all the facts, give you all the information, your, your closing statement is, yeah, but I still can't vote for Biden because of the things that him and his family have done and I can't do it. So we've got the worst the president that, in history. President. Let's go back. I mean, all right, my turn for a second here. I mean, Biden the Democratic Party in general has never been in support of minority rights. The Equal Rights Act got passed over Biden's objection with Republican support for Lyndon Johnson. He, Biden tried to block uh, integrating the schools in 87. And then 88 or 87, he was oh, – when was that law? It was in the 80s. I know in 87 when he made his first run – for president, he made a big deal about how he got an award from Lou Wallace and Senator Byrd, the grandmaster of the KKK, was proud of him. And he was he eulogized him, saying he was a god among us. And he also sat there and said, I don't want my kids being sent to a jungle. No, I'm sorry. I don't believe he's changed his spots. One bit. I think he said the man was vice president for the man was vice president handpicked by an African-American for eight years. You don't think that due diligence was done. You think Obama needed Biden. Obama was the most popular politician going. He could have had anybody be his vice president. Do you really think Obama picked somebody that he felt didn't support minorities, didn't support African-Americans? Do you truly believe that? I think Obama is a smarter politician than a lot of people on the right give him credit for. And I think he put Biden there. The, the VP position traditionally is 
Teddy Roosevelt said when he was VP, it's where you put somebody and they go to die. So you never have to worry about hearing from them again. I think Biden was put there to shut it. I think think Obama picked Biden to be his VP just to make him shut the hell up and make it seem like he accomplished something in his life. And, and, you know, and the other thing. Biden would be a thorn in his side for his whole term in office. And the other thing. And the other thing you did is a, is a Trump tactic of, I told you what Trump's done in the last four years as president, and your response is to bring up these allegations, and I'd have to go do some research on stuff Biden did 30 years ago. That's your response. No, no connection to what he's done. That's a Trump move. I'm, I'm going to divert to a different Biden. topic, too. Okay. I will What's say that? this, then. I, don't th- I will say this. I don't think Biden is mentally up for the challenge anymore. His own admission. I don't get up until 8 o'clock on most days. He didn't send out anything about Trump and Melania having COVID till mid-morning. The, the office of the presidency can't be somewhere where really? you go did, to retire and die. Say, what did Trump say about John Lewis? He didn't even go to the funeral. What did Trump say about John Lewis when he passed away? <sighs> Nothing. I mean, we're, you're comparing. I think he sent out a brief tweet, but yeah, nothing. You're, you're comparing someone who's not been in office in four years to the commander in chief today, and we're trying to put them on the same playing field to say that their actions should be the same. Biden isn't president. Trump is. Don't we have a higher expectation of the man in office? And if the man got four years to show us something, and he's shown us almost nothing. You know, people didn't want Hillary for the same reason. We've seen what Hillary, <laughs> we saw Hillary as Secretary of State. We saw Hillary as a senator. I don't want Hillary. Let's give this guy yeah. a try. That's what they said, right? Let's give this guy the anti-politician. Let's give him a try. Mm-hmm. I don't like Hillary. And so they Trump a try. I'm sitting here four years later saying, okay, experiment's over. All right. And am I in love I, with Biden? I can, Absolutely not. No. I'm not in love with Biden. And I can even understand people saying the lesser of two evils. But I can say if the commander-in-chief's first job is to take care of the entire country, I'm still waiting to see what Donald Trump has done to take care of the entire country. I saw Joe Biden as vice president do things to address the needs of the entire country. He was handed um, uh, uh, auto, the auto issue in Detroit, and Obama said, I can't do it all. I need you to fix Detroit. I'm over here working on health care. I'm over here working on jobs. I need you to take care of Detroit. Did that benefit everybody? Sure did. There were no losers. Everyone benefited from that. I don't see Trump doing that. See, I, I have to my screen there. The, Detroit's just as messed up now as it's ever been. Ford, the auto who I worked industry, for for two years, is going auto through industry, all kinds of changes. The auto industry was about to die. And mm-hmm. Biden led the charge when Mitt Romney said, do not bail them out. We bailed them out, and they paid back every penny with interest. 
when the Republicans said, don't do the bailout, the bailout was done. They paid it back, and they have been thriving ever since. I'm not talking about the city of Detroit. I'm talking about the auto industry. I, I know. Different. Yes. Well, maybe I, it's know, just the, the things that I read are different than you read, and I'm going to go back. One of the things I've learned from today is I'm going to go back and reexamine a lot of things I took as dogma to say, you know, where should I really be on these issues? I, I can't fix it if I don't know it's broken, and I'm never going to get wiser, smarter if I keep, you know, listening to the base talking and not go out and speak with people who have different opinions and different ideals. And maybe that's what today was. I want to know. I want to. I want to find out all the parts that are wrong in me, and the only way I can do that is for a friend like you to hold up a mirror and let me see. All right, here's where it's ugly. You got to cut that out. That's I want to say one last thing. <laughs> and I and I'll say one last thing. If we talked about nothing else, and let's just say you and I were from Mars, okay, and we came to this planet Tuesday, and we mm-hmm. turned on the TV Tuesday night. And we watched the debate. Mm-hmm. Do you not see the man on the left is the current commander in chief. The man on the right wants the job. I mm-hmm. want you to think of, I'm assuming you watched the debate. Yeah. Okay. I want you to think, you don't have to say anything now or you can if you want, but I want you to think about how our camp commander in chief handled that as a microcosm of who he is and think about is that who you want representing us for four more years now i'll be honest i thought biden was a little scattered at times and i am i'll be very honest i'm a little concerned about his age i am a little Mm -hmm. not a lot concerned a little bit concerned about 77 years old you know, becoming president and leading us, I'm, I'm a little concerned. I, 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 I know he has, a, he's has a lifelong speech impediment. So I try to balance the fact that, you know, he was a stutterer as a kid, and you know, obviously he's come a right. long way, but he was a stutterer. So sometimes when he's scattered, it's because he's, it's, the, you know, he hasn't totally, it never goes away, but you, you can manage it. So I try to balance that with some of the times that he misspeaks, and some of the times it's like, yep. He's misspeaking because he's got a stuttering issue still. And some of the times I, I think he's a little confused. So I can see that. Okay. But the other guy was just being a total asshole. And that's the kind of leader we've had. His news conferences, yeah. his, you know, like, is that what we want? Is that the leader that we want? You don't like the question, so, so you don't answer it. You don't like the question, so you bash the reporter who's just doing their job. You bash the network. You insult people. Like In I, I, certain I, cases I, with the I, media, I yeah. Find I think the media to like about this man, huh? I think the media has gotten away with way too much for way too long. And I, this is something we get, we're going to have to have a whole other conversation on because I, I fully believe that – now is coming around to being, you know, more of a leftist organization. Let me, let me, Chris Wallace let, has no let, let, business being there. Well, let me let me tell you something. 
I have never seen anyone abused and treated worse than Obama was treated by Fox News years look ago. At the first, look at the first three years of Trump. He's been attacked. Not even close. Every single, Not even close. It is close because it takes direction away from the message when, he's when, trying to when. put out or the direction he's trying to take he, us. He, 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 he has no message. He has no direction. That's the problem. If he had a message and had a direction, we'd all listen. What's the message? What's he, the direction? What's the message? What What have we been hearing? Oh, Russia, collusion, uh, Ukraine, impeachment, so now when, COVID. When, when he hasn't had a 17, chance to get anything done. Colin, I know you're smarter than that. He sits there and he will not, he will not openly admit that Russia was a part of the tampering of the election when every single law enforcement agency underneath his purview, all 17 that's, agencies have said, yes, they have, and they're going to do it again. And he says, that's not I don't agree the position with them. He took. That's it that, is exactly the position he took. The position he's taking, and this is where I, I know he misspeaks himself a lot. The position he's taking is based off of that Steele dossier that we now know Clinton paid for that he was in cahoots with the Russians. And that's what that's distracted not, no, no. his You're, agenda for see, the see, 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 first see, hundred that's days. What the Trump most supporters do is they change the narrative. That's no. not what I said. That's not the narrative. The, I'm not talking about collusion. I'm not talking about whether he knew. I'm talking about the fact that they did it. They did it. And he was asked repeatedly, do you acknowledge that Russia tampered in the election, and he wouldn't concede that fact. He would not do it. He was asked standing they right there, tamper. and he said, "If Putin said they didn't do it, I will take him for his word." Where every and that was law in the, what, the first agency, year of his. Some law enforcement agencies were trying to throw him out of office even before he got in. I wouldn't have trusted okay. him. See, I see. would. See, 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 Colin, this is where we're, you, you don't have your yeah. facts together, and there's no way for us to have a conversation because you don't have, everything you're saying is completely not true. Completely not true. Like, there's not even an ounce of truth to anything you're saying right now. And that's the problem when I have these conversations is I don't speak rhetoric. Like, I do my homework. And if I don't know, I'll tell you. Well, on that, I'm not sure. On this one, oh, I'm sure. I've got a very close family member that works for DOJ. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I know what I'm speaking of here. The man publicly would not acknowledge Russia's interference and has done nothing about it, has not even come out to warn them, don't do it again. Those are the facts. Have you, you find me a quote anywhere that he warns Russia not to interfere in this election. Find me a quote. I will do so. We'll do. I'd love to see it, but I'm going to tell you, don't waste too much of your time because you won't find it. does not exist. You won't even well, find a quote where he acknowledges that Russia tampered. FBI, CIA, Homeland Security, you name it, all of them. Yes, they did, and they're going to do it again. And the reason that he won't acknowledge it is because they want him to win. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't win. see that, but I don't see that, but okay. Uh, I will do my, work, I will do I my due diligence. 
do your due diligence, and I promise you, you will come back, and you'll say, okay, maybe I was wrong. The problem with all of this is, at the end of the day, I've learned, and the only reason I have this conversation is I do consider you a friend, and I still consider you a friend. But I don't have these conversations because I, because I, I feel like the Trump supporters, no matter what you show them, they're going to back Trump. I, I show you he's a racist. Oh, okay. I show you that he hasn't denounced white supremacy. Oh, okay. I show you that he's done virtually nothing to improve us on so many different levels. And it's like, well, okay. Who are you going to vote for? Trump. Okay. Okay. So the conversations don't benefit because I can lay it all out crystal clear with facts and data and, 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 you know, anecdotes and the majority of his base are still going to support him, which, you know, I could never, I, you know, I like Obama. Mm-hmm. And if Obama on his second term had failed in his first term, I wouldn't have voted for him. I didn't vote for him because he was black. I didn't vote for him because he was Democrat. I vote for him because he was heading in the right direction. I liked what he was doing and I wanted him to finish the job he started. That's why I voted for him. I didn't agree with everything he did. But the bulk of what he did, it made sense to me, and it had the company recovering from the previous um, disaster administration. Yes. Hmm. The only thing that Bush 43 did was handle 9-11 very well. He did a great job with 9-11 as far as domestically, as far as being a leader, yes. as far as being someone that we could all look up to and feel like our president cares about all of us. He did a great job with that. Because we needed a yeah. solid, strong president at that time, and we and he was for that. Everything after that, eh, disaster. But that he did well. So. Well, I give you my word. If I will do my due diligence, and if I find out that I am wrong, I'll be the first one to come and tell you. I can't fix it if I don't know what's broken. And what I realized okay. from this is. I got to start looking at things from someone else's point of view because I'm not learning anything just looking at it from my view. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to get educated here. And I'm not being sarcastic. I'm being sincere with that, my friend. Well, I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. And, um, you know, if you want to come and do this one more time before the election, let me know. Yeah, sure. I got one question before we go. Actually, yep. I have two. Is this like on a podcast that I can download or replay later? Yeah, iTunes. 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 Cool. Just go to iTunes and right. search for. Do you have an iPhone by any chance? No, I don't. I, okay. I have iTunes um, on my computer and a. And a okay, yeah. IPhone. I was going to say, just go to um, iTunes on your computer or go mm-hmm. to. Uh, there's plenty of. There's, so you can go to iTunes. You can get it from iTunes for free. You can go to Blog Talk Radio, which is my host, and you can yep. search. The name of the show is The Madden Voice. Yep. So Google The Madden Voice. Google, go to Blog Talk Radio. Go to iTunes. It's a free download, and you should be yeah. able to download it as an MP3 for free on your computer or on your cell phone, however you want to listen to it. Cool. Yeah, I got. Uh, I had Blog Talk up before we got going. One last question. So you might be able to download it right there. Ah, cool. All right. All right, sir. I, I got well, I got one more question for you. Yes, because sir. Because 
this is and maybe this is part of the problem too. What do you think is going to happen to the team formerly known as the Redskins? <laughs> uh, is that your team? Since 1975, when I went to see right. a preseason well, game I love the, I love with. <laughs> with them and the, I love the loyalty. I love the loyalty. Um, I, I mean, I think that they're, they're they have a terrible owner. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I, I I think calling this team the Washington Football Team is an insult to the NFL and to, the, to all of the football fans and especially the Washington fans. I understood that the name Redskin needed to go. Um, I understood that you know FedEx and a lot of the major sponsors were pulling out their support. So I know you had to do something yeah. quick. I just think he could have came up with something a little more, you know, something. It, it was almost yeah. like he said, well, we can't come up with the name, so we'll just call him the football team. Fuck everybody. Yeah, I we'll can't. just call him that. Um, I, I I am absolutely disgusted with the NFL this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, not, not just because so I, of that, but my, my backup team was always the Patriots because I went to high school within shouting distance of the stadium and with the coach at the time daughter <laughs> she was in my high school class oh okay so all my teams went to hell in a bucket this year yeah so I, well, may switch, I may switch side to become a dallas fan <laughs> well we will we, we we take all comers actually the patriots are being very competitive cam newton's doing a great job so i was um, very Brady's excited gone. to see him land there yeah i was yeah, happy to so see him he, land there i i would say you, you know if you stick with bill belichick you, you you'll do fine Cowboys will take. We we need a little help, but I think we'll rebound on Sunday. Washington, I don't see anything positive coming out of that franchise anytime soon. I think they're going to continue between them and the Giants to be the doormat of the NFC East. Yeah, I think Daniel Snyder thought he was going to come in and be the next Jerry Jones, and he was just an idiot. So, yeah. Anyway, you can't you can't do what Jerry's done. You got to be you got to be your own owner. Exactly. Anyway, my brother, thank all you. All right, sir. It's been a pleasure. It's been an honor to talk to you. So, Pleasure's all mine. Forward. We'll talk again soon. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, I have unmuted his mic. And uh, so it was a very interesting hour and 45 minutes with my friend Colin uh, talking politics and you know, if he wasn't such a good person and such a nice guy, I wouldn't have done it. He is a good dude, and I will always be opening to have a conversation, even if it's in an area of discomfort with people that I think are worth me spending my time with. He is one. Um, most people I would not bother because I know they're not going to listen. They're not going to walk away and say, I'm going to do my research or uh, let me consider some things. They're going to just fight me on every point. And, um, you know, he gave me a couple things that I'm going to look into, some of the Biden stuff from the 80s I was not aware of. So I'm going to Google and, and do some homework and see if any of that is true. Um, I don't think it's enough for me to forget eight years of Obama-Biden and, and all the great things I think they did. And I don't know that there's anything that I can compare to what I've experienced under Donald Trump. I, I just don't know that there's anything I can say that I can experience. And I just think as Americans, we've got to come together and our leader should be the one that brings us together. And for us to come together in spite of him, that's not the way this country should, should be, you know, for his, his, you know, illegal immigrants and, 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 you know, this is 
you know, bring me your tired, your hungry, your weak, right? The, 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 the thing that's on the Statue of Liberty. And he's done the things he's done, the DACA and the Dreamers and taking the kids away. And it's just, there's just so many things I didn't even get to get to with, with Colin about the, just things that it's just bad. And, and honestly, if we forgot about all of that this year alone, with the racial injustice that's been going on and his lack of dealing and addressing with that problem, and then Corona problem. And I can't understand how anybody could bring him back as president or want him to return as president. No matter what you think of Biden, I don't, I don't get it. He should be the last person we want. I'll take Pence. And people say, you don't want Pence. No, I'll take Pence. I'll take Mitt Romney. I, I, there's a whole slew of Republicans that I would take over this guy. He's a disaster. But anyway, um, it was a good discussion. I enjoyed it. Colin is a friend. He will stay a friend. And maybe at some point we will uh, we will come back and do this again. In the meantime, uh, I may get back on sometime this weekend and talk some football, see what the fellows are doing. Got a you know football weekend means football and fun. Doesn't mean stress and drama. So uh, a lot of good games coming on this weekend. Remember Pittsburgh and um, Tennessee has been canceled, and it will uh, be uh, played later on in the year. So check your fantasy lineups. Nobody from Pittsburgh and nobody from Tennessee, they'll be treated as a bye week. So check your fantasy and make those adjustments. Okay. Uh, again, enjoyed having Colin. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. A little something different. We'll get back to football uh, on the next show. In the meantime, remember what I said. I guess, I guess instead of saying all feuds are settled on the field, this feud will be settled in the ballot box. Everybody take care. Have a great weekend. Bop <laughs>